All right, so, uh, so Father asked me to talk this morning about uh, specifically prayer after college and like kind of that transition um, and like how that affects prayer life, like things. Um, so what I'm going to talk about is more like basically how to embrace that change and then how to use it like to cultivate a deeper prayer life. Um, so the first thing um, that I really noticed after college um, and a lot of my friends, I had a really, like, solid group of friends, uh, like, that went, you know, that I was here with. Like, Matt was one of them. And um, so we had, like, that really tight community that you probably have experienced also here. And so, uh, you know, like, the first thing we all noticed was um, just as we moved away from Wisdom, whether it was, like, we got, you know, just getting jobs. Even when we were in Lafayette, we were in the area. I lived in Lafayette for, like, the past five years. Um, and so even though we were here that we felt like we had lost some of our community and lost some of the like habits that we had built up here, um, especially regarding prayer. Like uh, we didn't have the same things uh, or like, you know, a mass schedule that fits really well with your class schedule or a lot of things made available like holy hours or holy hours with your friends, holy hours that are, um, you know, for you specifically with like um, whether it's, you know, the all behold holy hour where there's people like talking, people singing, right? All of that stuff that's given to us here at Wisdom um, and that we were, you know, quickly like you're removed from that, right? And so it's different from like when you go home for the summer and you're like, yeah, when I get back in August, like I'll be able to get back into that routine. But after college, what happens for most people um, is that you just are in a totally different life like that you're living right where it's you know not like maybe lifestyle but your schedule is different you're surrounded by different people um your friend group is not like intentionally like changing but that you have people who are you know dating new people or some of them are getting married so their lives change and your like access to these friends that were so important to you in college changes and it's a very, um, it's an uncomfortable change sometimes, but it's totally like normal, right? Because this is just part of growing up. And so it affects your prayer life though more than you initially think it would. Um, because you, you don't realize how much you rely sometimes on those friendships to like keep you uh, connected to like your prayer schedule or to motivate you to pray, pray. And then also that it can feel uncomfortable to realize all of a sudden that there's more like silence in your life now and more solitude than you really anticipated right and I work at a school like I immediately got a job at a school so it's not like my life was like really really quiet right like I'm surrounded by kids um most of the day right I have great co-workers and then even on the weekends I'm with the kids I'm in athletics right so there's like a busyness there but with the more silence I noticed was really at home like I get home at the end of the day even when I had roommates we like, you know, we get home, long day, um, we had different schedules, and it felt like, wow, I'm not really like spending a lot of time with some of my friends, and it's a weird change, right? And it, so you have all of this silence and solitude um, that wasn't there originally, right? And that maybe you like didn't anticipate, and it's normal, it's a part of that like growing up, um, but instead of like trying to fill it with things that we don't need to fill it with like our phone or video games or Netflix or any of that. Um, what I really encourage you to do and what I'm going to kind of talk about more is like to embrace that increase of silence in your life and increase of solitude, right? To not see them as a very, uh, like not, to not see them as like a frightening thing or like 
there must be something wrong with me because I'm not hanging out with my friends 24-7, right? Or not, like, surrounded by people who are going to mass or something like that, right? But to learn to embrace it and to learn to, like, make it, uh, you know, help you cultivate um, an even deeper prayer life. So when you think about, like, uh, I'm trying to, like, you know, if Father Sibley has probably talked about this place as, like, a home, right? And, like, that's a theme that even I had, like, in my college life that, this is a place that was a home, but it's even, like for me especially, I didn't have a very solid faith before college. So I even likened wisdom as like a childhood home for my faith, meaning it was a place where I learned to do things for the first time. Like I learned how to pray. I learned how to have like those friendships that were, that were really grounded in Christ, and I had people in my life who were, uh, you know, striving for the same things, right? And so, in like a childlike, well, in the sense of like a childhood home, right, that's what our home in childhood ought to be, right? This place that is kind of like you're buffeted in, and you're being taken care of, and you're learning to cultivate these really good things. Um, And that in prayer, the type of prayer that we're learning to, like, receive the love of God, right? And to, like, in that parental, like, aspect, right? So if I'm at home, like, my child at home is where I'm learning to, like, receive the love of my parents. And what's happening is that that's building up my confidence, right? And so in, in wisdom, like, to pray, to learn how to pray is building up, like, my confidence in, like, who I am uh, and that I can do things and I'm in, like, in that relationship with the Father, right? And so then when I leave... I have that confidence of, like, who I belong to, right? The Heavenly Father. And so, but you still have that uncomfortable, uncomfortable like, movement away, right? And so we have this now, like, this confidence that we, like, I've cultivated, that hopefully, like, in a prayer life, that we belong to, like, the Heavenly Father. We, you know, are in relationship with the Son who is really in relation with the Father, right? And, like, we're learning to hear the promptings of the Holy Spirit, right? Like, that's what we hopefully have, like, learned um, in our faith so far. And now with that confidence, like, to go out. So in our prayer life now, it's to keep those things and to use them to embrace that silence and that solitude. And so when we think of Jesus, uh, the prayer of Jesus, this is, that's where we have to start with that idea that uh, that we're not going to pray like Jesus. He went, you know, he went out for forty days in the desert, right before his public ministry, and he was, you know, to pray and to fast, right, in preparation for his public ministry. And then one of the things that we see often in the Gospels, especially early on in the Gospels, in the midst of Jesus's public ministry, is that even while there is a lot of business and a lot of like different things that he's doing, he always takes time to go away and pray by himself, right? So there's, um, like in Mark, there's a scene where he, or either Mark or Luke, and he's like, you know, he's just healed all these people, and the crowds are pressing in, and, you know, then there's like a late night of like, he's still healing people, teaching, preaching, right? And then it says like, early in the morning before dawn, he rose and went off to pray by himself, right? And so Jesus, when we see him praying, what we're seeing is that he's going back to that relationship with his father, right? That he, and that's Jesus' like prayer, is to him, is to be with his father. And as people of the church, right, people in the body of Christ, that's our prayer, that's where our prayer needs to be rooted in, 
right? Jesus' prayer. That he is the son of the father and we're brought up into that identity also. That like we are children of the father. And so that prayer is to be rooted in prayer. Um, is to not like try to do a lot of things. But in that silence, in that solitude, like Jesus, right? He goes away to pray and be quiet and be in solitude. Um, that he's in solitude with the father, right? That he's going back to that. And so the challenge as we grow up and find our like different, um, you know, different times where we're like, okay, we have this, you know, span of silence or span of solitude that we're not anticipating, but that that's really an opportunity to be alone with God, right? And to be with God. Um, And that it's not a, uh, you know, it's not like something to fill with like meaningless things. And not to say that I'm thinking like, oh, y'all go home and just like, watch Netflix all day, right? But it's a real temptation. Like, it's a real temptation to get home from work after your nine-to-five job or whatever and just, like, binge (laughs) and just relax and to try to, like, feed yourself with these things that you're like, yeah, I I deserve this, you know, whatever. Um, But you really ought to be, like, what you're made for is to be with God, right? And so, actually, Father gave a homily about this, like, I think the first week of Lent, we talked about like social media and our attention span and that's one of like the big things is like what we have our temptation is to you know fill our attention with something else um but really with like that silence and that solitude what it's a gift for is to give our attention to god right and it might seem like obvious but it's also like it's a struggle because it's it's a growth in the spiritual life which is still very normal right the growth of spiritual life that there's even church fathers who talk about, you know, like we have this infancy stage where we just like learn to like kind of respond and everything, but we're not really the one like acting. And then there's this like adolescent stage where there are times of like dryness, right? And it's just us having to like be in prayer and learn to make that commitment to be there. And that's a lot of what like prayer after college can be like, right? That you have to work to really like make this time out of your day like either put aside time for prayer or that when silence is given to you and that opportunity for solitude is given to us to embrace it right instead of like rejecting it and being like oh this is weird let me just scroll through facebook so i can see what my friends are doing today or like scroll through instagram or whatever you know like just to just to try to fill it up right and it's more of an invitation to be with the father and so there's a really good quote from Ratzinger, and if you didn't know, I was really influenced by Father Sibley, so y'all get a quote from Ratzinger. <laughs> and so he has this great quote from my fa- one of my favorite books by him, Jesus of Nazareth. And if you ever have time to read the first six pages of that book, it's about Jesus' identity as the Son, right? And how that's the f- starting point for our understanding of who Christ is, right? And, like, the starting point for his ministry and for him being our, our redeemer, right? And it's so he's talking about Jesus' prayer. And this is what he says, and it's really great. He says, Jesus' teaching is not the product of human learning of whatever kind. It originates from immediate contact with the Father, from face-to-face dialogue, from the vision of the one who rests close to the Father's heart. So Jesus, that's his prayer, right? It's to just be with the Father right? And of course, it's in a way that we don't really have access to right now, right? 
But like I said earlier, being in the body of Christ, that's the basis of our prayer, right? Not to say a bunch of things to God, not to uh, just like try to, you know, intercede as perfectly as we can or find the right words, right? But to start off by being with Jesus and gazing at the Father, right? And then being able to receive the Father's love there with Christ, right? So we're able to do that because Jesus did it. And if we have that faith in prayer, that that is what prayer is, then it makes those times of silence and solitude a lot less overwhelming, right? Because then I'm not sitting there, like, trying to do something with my time, right? And trying to make it, um, I'm not trying to be the one that makes it meaningful. I'm simply putting myself in the presence of God, and then I understand that the time is meaningful. Does that make sense? Like, you understand that the time, like, you know, it was this thing that you had to create something to make it meaningful, but in prayer, that burden is not on you anymore. It's, a, it's automatically meaningful, right? And our our, like, uh, you know, a lot of our struggle with that time of silence and solitude is that we are trying to make it meaningful, right? The, the struggle that people have with uh, whether or not, like, what am I doing with my time is the fact that, like, we want to make it meaningful, right? And when we're separated from our friends or we feel like we didn't make enough holy hours that day, that night, not that night, uh, like that week or whatever, like whatever things you are used to having, right? Where we have Bible studies here, we have uh, more retreats with our friends, right? And that filled up that time and it was meaningful, but now we're in a different place in our life. And the struggle is, is it meaningful right now, right? Am I doing something? And when we have that, that, that idea that silence and solitude is made meaningful because we're in the presence of God, that, that changes the game, right? And then it's not a burden on us to create this prayer time that was, like, really great. And it's not, it's not on us to try to make all the holy hours that we have to do because, in reality, once you have certain jobs or once you, um, like, some of you might, you know, be getting married soon. <laughs> not that Matt doesn't know about this already. But, uh, <laughs> but like, or, you know, like, one day you're going to get engaged or one day you're going to be discerning a vocation and one day... Um, or whatever, right? You're going to have a different job. You're going to, you might move, right? So all of these landscapes are going to change for you, but what prayer is does not change, right? doesn't change. And so we want to be rooted in Jesus' prayer of being with the Father, and then whatever happens in prayer um, is, you know, that's not a burden on us anymore. And it changes that burden of silence and solitude into a gift, Right? And we're not going to, and then we're less tempted to fill it with things that we know are meaningless, right? Um, I was just telling Matt, like, I recently moved into my own house, and I've always thought about having, like, a TV in my house where I could, like, watch all the sports and everything and have people over. And it's been months now, and I haven't put a TV in my house, and I don't have Wi-Fi because when I get home, I'm like, this is great. Like, it's quiet. I actually have time for rest. And there are definitely days where I get on my phone and use up all my data, looking at things, but there's also more days where I've been able to be in silence and be in solitude, and I wouldn't have really figured it out had I not been in that position, right, where I wasn't, you know, surrounded by a bunch of people, and um, and I've always had good friends, and I've always been in a good community, but that was something we were all, we all wondered about right after school, was like, 
you know, man, I haven't seen Annie Decody. That's one of my roommates and old friends. And so she, you know, like, we wouldn't see each other for a long time. And it always, I was like, gosh, like, am I doing something wrong? Like, I'm not seeing my friends all the time. And uh, it's just a part of growing up, right? And actually, now, like, we're, you know, everybody's still best friends. Like, don't worry. <laughs> You're not going to lose everybody. But uh, it's just learning to grow into, into that silence and into that solitude. Um, so uh, how much time did I have? You have 10 more minutes. Awesome. Okay. So being rooted in Jesus' prayer and being rooted in, like, the gaze of the Father, right? It also changes our perspective of the world, too. Um, first off, it's confidence into moving forward. So, like, as we get out of college and we do all the adulting things that are looming in your, you know, they're coming closer, right? So they're there, and there's, like, different jobs, or maybe you're, you're wondering, like, you know, can I do this? Am I worthy? Whether it's like vocational stuff or, you know, job things or whatever. So like moving to a new place because you're looking for something different. Um, there, that's all, you know, like these big changes, these big decisions. And what can paralyze people or like help, you know, actually just paralyze them into not moving is not knowing their identity in the Father, right? And that, like, when we have that, pra- that prayer that we're coming back to, that silence and that solitude with God, right, the, the big decisions, we realize they don't have as much of an impact on us as we thought they would. And certainly there's big things. Like, I'm not saying, like, getting married or, you know, going to uh, your vocation stuff is not, like, important or your job is not important, right? But that these things that we think oh, it's going to, what we do is they, we make them part of our identity, which they're not, right? And so that's what people really, really will like get paralyzed on these big decisions that have to, that have to do with their life after college, right? And that they're there and they have to do with things that are going to change a lot in their life. We put way more pressure on them to have something to say about, like that they have something to say about who we are, right? And they don't have as much to say about who we are as we think, right? Like that if I'm able to rest in prayer with the knowledge that I'm in the presence of God who, you know, like loves me as his child, right? Then the things that happen at work have a lot less impact on my (coughs) prayer life than I might think they will, okay? So like that, or that there's struggles in like life after college or growing up, right? The five to 10 years that come up, um, and that we might put a big thing on, I'm like, okay, if I don't do this this way, like, I'm going to just screw up the next five years. And that's just not true, right? And a lot of that kind of mentality comes from this fear of it says something about my identity. And when we know that that's not true, we have that prayer uh, with the Father, then we know those decisions don't have as much of, they don't, they don't have as much of a burden on us, right? And the big questions, like, that I've wrestled with sometimes after college or that some of my friends or just other people I know is, like, these questions come up with, like, okay, am I worthy of this or am I capable, right? Um, Or is this God's will? And it could be something about, like, buying a house. It could be a job. It could be, uh, you know, like, more of a vocational thing. And, sure, God's will is important, especially when we're talking about vocation, um, but a lot of time those questions are easier to answer than we think and we just but we're so worried about our identity that we are afraid to get the answer back 
right? And so, like, things like, am I worthy? Well, yeah, we know you're worthy. <laughs> like, that stuff, like, in prayer, God has already told you you are worthy because you're made in the image and likeness of God. So it's a, if it's a good thing, you're worthy, all right? If it's a bad thing, don't do it, <laughs> okay? And that's just, like, it's a very simple thing. But we try to narrow it down. We try to be like, I don't know, okay. And then the question, like, am I capable? Well, they wouldn't have offered you the job if you weren't capable. So just don't worry about that either, right? And then if you are things like, you know, is this God's will? God is not a micromanager. He's a father, right? <laughs> His job as a father is to provide and sustain. He's not trying to micromanage your life. So when it comes to decision-making, if it's a good thing that's offered, right, or multiple, multiple good things, right? Like I've had a few job offerings on the table in front of me before, and they were all good things. And the question wasn't, which one is God's will? Unless God sends you a sign (laughs) that is literally an angel coming in your dreams, like St. Joseph, (laughs) like then, you know, it's, it's gonna be hard to tell, right? If there's like what exactly God's will is, right? But you're, you know, it's all good things. We have to say, okay, God's the father. He's gonna provide and sustain for me to make the right decision, right? So he puts it on your plate because he trusts you, right? And if you're, if God all these good things, uh, you know, go ahead and make the choice that you think is right for you. And God, as the Father, will provide and sustain you in your decision making, right? Not, he's not gonna put a little neon sign in front of them that says this one, this one, this one, right? Um, he allows us to have those decisions. And the what we realize is like, oh, if uh, whether or not I choose this job as the athletic trainer at ESA or I choose this job to like work full time at a Catholic school, right? Like, I'm like, which one is God's will? And God's like, which one will make you happier? Because <laughs> they're both good things, right? And so I trust that He's always there, right? And that He's providing and sustaining me wherever, whichever I choose, because they're both good things, right? And so that is when we have all these big decisions that come after college totally normal decisions that have to be made uh that's the kind of like prayer we want to have to be able to answer them we don't want to go to prayer and like we said earlier about like oh, i have to create this prayer is about deciding between all this stuff because maybe god is not going to tell you exactly what's going to happen and then you've made prayer this burden of decision making instead of just being with god in prayer right and so um, so really, like, going back, like, being rooted in the gaze of the Father is learning how to be in the presence of God, right? And so, to wrap it up, uh, and also with, like, changing the perspective about things in, uh, like, when I, now that, like, I've been in, I've been in my job now for five years, I've had the same job since I was in college, or since I graduated college, and uh, one of the things that I've noticed about cultivating this prayer life is that it changes what I see my work as, right? So again, going back to that idea of like, what's meaningful, I'm trying to make it meaningful. And sometimes our jobs, especially after being so immersed in a culture of wisdom, um, we might have a job where we're like, wow, am I really doing anything meaningful? I mean, like, I spend a lot of my days taping ankles. Right? This could, like, you know, like on the grand scheme of things, right? Is this what, you know, I envisioned for myself, or right? When I was in wisdom, like, I'm gonna be like missionary and all this stuff. And I have been on mission, but, (laughs) but like, you know, what is the, like, I'm trying to make it meaningful. And when we spend that time in prayer, 
we are able to like be even with other people and it changes also like how we see them right and it also brings joy and gratitude to our lives into into sometimes where we look at a job or a day and we think oh this is just monotonous but it's not anymore because my prayer has animated it in a new way and so to uh like wrap it up i put well father printed out for y'all also some tips for silence and solitude and so maybe after uh y'all can take time to like either i don't know what the exact plan is but like if you spend time with that and like think about okay what am i doing right now to prepare to kind of live out some of these things and of course these are just my tips these are not hard and fast rules um but these are just things that i know have helped me and so the first one adoration chapel if possible so to go to an adoration chapel whether it's perpetual adoration or just being in the being in the presence of jesus in the tabernacle uh the true presence of eucharist is like the best example we have of god providing for us right and sustaining us so to be there to be with jesus in prayer with the father like we're connected we feel like at least i feel like okay i'm here with jesus in prayer that i'm connected to his prayer right and so um and it's just like a and it kind of like roots you in the moment right like grounds you in the moment um and so wherever you are whether it's an adoration chapel or not first like acknowledge that you are in the presence of god so like when you have that time for silence and solitude like you could be in your room but change it by taking a moment to say i'm in god's presence and there's nothing better i can be doing right now right um, and it can be because we the temptation would be, oh, I could do this or I could do this or I could do this. And just to be right to say I'm in the presence of God. There's nowhere else. Nothing better I could be doing right at this moment. Um, and then I like to start with something structured. So even if I'm in a holy hour and I tend to spend it in total mm-hmm. silence um, to start with something that's going to like get me in the right headspace. So like I come from really crazy like basketball games or football games. Right. And like going 99 miles an hour, go to the chapel and it takes my brain time to like wind down. And so uh, to start with something structured like prayer, like rosary, breviary, divine mercy chaplet, it just puts you like back in the same headspace, to the right headspace. Um, and then don't get discouraged by distractions. Totally normal. Like you might think of something randomly that happened during that day. Instead of like getting aggravated, just turn it into a prayer, right? Because you're out in the world and your job is to be church in the world and to like bring the world to Jesus. So turn it into a prayer. And then lastly, don't struggle for the perfect words or the perfect formula to describe something to God, right? If you're in the presence of God, you're just being with him, you don't have to speak perfectly to him. He knows your heart, right? And so when we like try to get, instead of just, just be honest, right? Be honest with yourself. So like, you know, what was I truly desiring today? Like, what do I need from God? Or what do I, what am I seeking, right? And if it's, you know, like, do I need to change that, right? Do I need to change what I'm doing um, day to day? Like, where is the Holy Spirit asking me to, to be present? Um, am I responding to those promptings, right? Like, that's, like, day-to-day spiritual life out in the world is, you know, being close to God and then growing in virtue and trying to, like, bring the rest of your world back into that, right? And so, um, so yeah, so I would invite y'all to, like, spend time with that, think about it, uh, maybe if you think you need to like spend more t- start spending more time in silence, uh, as you like prepare to do whatever's next, um, like I really invite you to because 
the father's there and he's, he enjoys spending time with you. So, uh, that's all I got for y'all and good luck. I'll be praying for (laughs) y'all.